0: Hi, I'm Matt Van Cleve, one of the pastors at Blue Oaks. I'm glad you decided to join us today for week three of our series, Getting Christmas Right. Uh, Today, I wanna spend some time thinking through the practice of giving gifts to one another. Uh, Because like it or not, in our culture, part of getting Christmas right involves sorting out who you're gonna buy presents for, uh, how much money you're gonna spend, and how much time you're gonna actually invest in the whole process of shopping and wrapping and all that. Uh, Well, throughout this series, we've been reading select passages of the Christmas story, and I wanna continue that today by reading from Matthew 2. Uh, This is what Matthew writes. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the East came to Jerusalem and asked, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. And we all know that that's a lie that he just made up. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I think if you were to spend 20 minutes reflecting on the passage we just read, Uh, you would get a a little help from the Magi. Uh, If you reflect on this passage, I think you'll see some principles emerge about this whole process of giving gifts to loved ones. Uh, So that's what we're gonna do today. And if we look at each of the things they brought, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, uh, you'll see these gifts had incredible meaning and significance. Uh, Let's just walk through them real quick. The first gift was gold. Uh, Gold is uh, the currency of kings. Uh, Now, we don't know how much, uh, but they brought gold to honor uh, what they believed this young child to be, which is the true king. And so they brought this very expensive gift, uh, not very uh, light gift, but uh, they took it with them over this long journey because uh, that's what they believed about who who they were going to see. Uh, And then they brought frankincense. Uh, Frankincense was a form of incense that was used in Jewish temples by the high priest, uh, by priests who honored God and declared his presence among the people. The idea is they would burn this incense, frankincense, and it would reach up to God and he would be pleased with their presence and communion and uh, union with him. And so they brought Jesus frankincense, this incense that was burned in the temple in the, uh, the holiest of places. The Magi were making a statement that Jesus is the ultimate priest. So they bring gold, uh, they bring in, uh, frankincense, incense, and then they bring myrrh. Uh, now, this is a weird gift. Uh, myrrh is a very expensive form of perfume. Uh, People would buy it when someone they loved had died and they would use it to cover the whole body with myrrh so that the aroma would keep away the stench of death. Uh, It was very common to use myrrh for this purpose. Uh, It was a way to honor the person who died. Uh, It's not the best gift to bring to a baby shower, is it? Uh, I'd be thinking, you know, oh, myrrh, you know, a blanket or a pacifier would have been nice, but myrrh, uh, I'll save that for later. Uh, But you have to understand the significance of what they knew and why they brought myrrh. Uh, Because they believed every prophecy about Jesus, they knew one day that he would die. And because of his death, he would bring life to every one of us. And they wanted to honor that and to celebrate that, to, to mark that moment. His death would bring life. And so that's why they brought myrrh. And that's why they brought frankincense and that's why they brought gold. Uh, now, in studying this passage, we notice a few things about the giving of these gifts that we can apply to our gift giving this Christmas season. Uh, the first thing we notice, notice is they planned for giving gifts. Uh, before the wise men even leave their home country in the East, uh, they think ahead. They think if this child really turns out to be the king, if he turns out to be the long awaited Messiah, well, we'll need to honor that child when we find him. And so they reason with one another, let's buy some gifts right here and right now, pack them carefully and transport them along with us so that we'll be prepared to give gifts to this special child. They did some planning. Uh, Second, they personalized the gifts. They thought through and had some very specific gifts in mind. And you know, it takes quite a bit of time and effort to personalize, to, to customize a gift and make sure it fits the person you're giving it to. The Magi said it's worth the time and it's worth the effort. So they personalized their gifts. third, they wrestled with the appropriate price they should pay for their gifts. I mean, they could have gotten lots of other gifts much more inexpensively. They spent uh, quite a bit of money to get these gifts, as well they should have, I mean, because these were gifts fit for a king. And you gotta think through the price point component of gift giving. And finally, they got the presentation right. The writer of scripture says uh, very specifically that before they presented their gifts, They first went down on bended knee. They humbled themselves. They didn't just send their gifts camel express or leave them on the doorstep. Uh, They intensified the effect of their gift by how they presented them. And I looked at this text quite a bit this week, and as I was studying, it dawned on me. In all the years that I've gone to church, I mean, from when I was a kid, Uh, All those years and even uh, the times now that I've been a pastor as an adult, uh, I've never heard and I've never actually given a sermon on this whole practice of giving gifts to each other. I've never heard anyone give sound biblical wisdom about how to think about this. And it seemed a little ironic to me because for two solid months at the end of the year, we're bombarded by the media to believe that we're modern day Scrooges unless we take out second mortgages on our homes in order to wow family and friends with stuff they probably don't even need. Under that kind of pressure, some of us lose our way and we spend way too much money. We dig financial Uh, holes for ourselves that we don't get out of for months on the other side and then we create escalating uh, this escalating sense of expectation with a family and friends and we get on this treadmill of expectations and sometimes we uh, have this sense or our kids will have this sense of entitlement that they develop and some of this stuff is not healthy for anyone I mean, people lose all sense of reality and spending control when it comes to Christmas. Now, some people decide rather piously to bail on the whole gift-giving practice altogether. Uh, and that might solve a few problems on one end of things, but it runs the risk of stealing the, the joy from the, this wonderful holiday tradition, especially for children. So how do we sort this out? I think maybe we should simply follow the practice of the Magi. I mean, they were wise men. And so that's
1: what we're gonna do in the time we have left. The gifts that the Magi presented to Jesus had incredible meaning and significance. And the giving of those gifts was a demonstration of who they believed Jesus to be. The same is true for us when we engage in acts of compassion and generosity. And that's exactly what has taken place over these last few weeks. We recently completed the 2020 Christmas toy drive and we could not be prouder of you as a church. As with everything else, the toy drive looked different this year. It remained a community effort with participation from Pleasanton Unified School District, Valley Community Church, and others who found the toy drive through Google searches, all total There were 155 sponsors, along with 43 volunteers, serving 315 families, representing 757 children, totaling over 1,200 gifts. This is getting Christmas right. This is living a Christ-centered life. This is part of the heart and soul of who we are as a community of faith. Thank you to everyone who made this possible. You are amazing. All right, let's rejoin Matt and discover what we can learn from the gift-giving practices of the Magi. All right,
0: let's walk through what we learned from the Magi. And the first thing is this, they started with planning. Uh, Speaking personally, there were many Christmases in the past that I didn't get right, uh, especially Uh, the gift-giving part of the Christmas holiday because I failed to plan. Uh, I'm a classic, you know, keep your options open guy. Uh, I've been known to wait until the last possible minute to figure out who it is I really want to buy a gift for, and then I get into this mad scramble. You know, all right, what do I have to uh, do? Where do I have to get the gift? You know, how do I get it? How do I convey the depth of my feelings through this gift and all that? And for many years, I've led myself to a position of frustration and disappointment for the simple reason that I didn't plan. Uh, Now, I've learned that this kind of craziness can be avoided if I would just practice the principle of planning like the Magi did. They invested some time and energy up front on their gift before they even left. And as a result, they got their gift giving right. About a month ago, when I started planning this series, the thought occurred to me that maybe I should teach this message on gift giving uh, first, so that people will have, you know, more time to apply it in their preparation for Christmas. Uh, but then I thought, you know, this message will have twice the impact if I teach it just before Christmas, because the last-minute types are going to be humble. <laughs> They're going to. No, they screwed up yet again this Christmas, and they're gonna be like sponges, like soaking up every drop of insight they can. Well, I have to tell you last minute types. Uh, not all is lost. Uh, you still have a few days left to pull this one off. Uh, so after this service, just sit down and formulate a plan. And let me suggest how to do that. Uh, first of all, write the names of your family members down. Uh, All of us are probably gonna buy gifts for our immediate family members. But then I wanna encourage you to take take it a step further. Uh, Really think about this for a few moments because this will get you real near to the heart of Christmas. Uh, There are some people beyond immediate family who are really a gift to you from God. And part of what makes your life as full as it is is God has gifted you with some friends. Think about the people you work with. Uh, Some of you love your job because you have some friends at work. Uh, Some of you enjoy living in your neighborhood because you have some friends in your neighborhood. Some of you love Blue Oaks because some of the greatest relational gifts you have are in this church. Uh, They're in your small group. They serve with you. uh, They're people who have touched and blessed your life. Uh, They're gifts to you. So put their names down. Say, who has been a gift to me this year? Because beyond immediate family, I wanna bless friends who God has put into my life. And then form one more list. Uh, And this is so in keeping with the Christmas spirit. Uh, Think to yourself for a few moments when you're in this planning mode uh, who are some people I know who are likely to get neglected come Christmas time? Who are some people who are not standout people at work or in our neighborhood or around the church? I mean, who are the people who are most likely to be forgotten this Christmas? I want to ask you to form a list of people who you think are probably going to get overlooked this Christmas, Who's probably not gonna get cards and gifts and blessings because they're probably not on someone's list? I mean, who's the, the neighbor that everyone will just go, oh man. Well, I did this very exercise that I'm challenging you to do. I put the list of family members down, then I put some uh, close friends on that list as well. Um, you know, those friends that God has gifted in, me with in this life. And when I got to this part, Who are some people I know who are most likely to get overlooked this Christmas? Um, This was a very moving experience for me. And I'm glad I did this little exercise and put their names down because it's gonna be a lot of fun to do something for those people. And to be honest, I'm probably more excited about uh, that list than the, the other two lists. All right, so write down their names. And once you do that, While you're still in this planning mode, uh, and it's not too late, you still have a few days left, think through how you can personalize a gift to them. The Magi gave gifts fit for a king. I mean, they gave gold, special incense, and myrrh. Uh, Their gifts demonstrated uh, their understanding of the true identity of the kingship of Jesus Christ. Uh, They gave a, a, a customized gift. I mean, it fit perfectly. You see, every Christmas gift we give is an opportunity to say to people we care about, I know you. I understand you. I celebrate your uniqueness. I celebrate your interests and your passions. And you'll know you've gotten this gift giving part right uh, when upon opening your present, the recipient smiles and the look on their face will say it all. I mean, they just look at you and they go, you knew. I mean, you know me well. You knew what would give me joy and delight and you provided it. Let's learn from the Magi. I mean, they were wise men, you know.
1: Let's do a little planning and let's personalize our gifts. This Christmas for my wife and I, our planning for gift giving included an app. (laughs) It was the only way we could find out from some of our list what they really wanted. That counts, right? But when we take the time to plan for those we're gonna give to, and we are intentional to personalize what we give, the impact is often greater than we imagine it will be. Another area of gift giving my wife and I planned out was our financial giving to Blue Oaks. And many of us are making plans now for our end of year giving. As we approach the end of 2020, your donations to the general fund, towards the new building, our compassion ministry, or our benevolence fund, enables us as a community of faith to continually spread the light and love of God throughout the Tri-Valley and beyond. When we give to God, the impact is always greater than we can imagine. There are several ways to make a year-end donation of cash or appreciated assets, and you can find out more details at blueoakschurch.org and click the latest news button. All right,
0: there are two more things we learned from the Magi about gift giving. Uh, This one is difficult, but we need to think about the price of Christmas gifts. The Magi spent a lot of money on the gifts that they brought to this Christmas child, as well they should have. I mean, the savior of the world was well worth buying a pricey gift for. But does that mean that we should all go bankrupt Uh, buying extravagant gifts for people we care about? Uh, Let me just state this point as directly as I can. Uh, You're gonna have to work hard to stay within your God-given means as you exchange gifts with family and friends. I mean, you need to ruthlessly pursue financial freedom, and that means not going into debt to buy gifts for people you care about. And that may be a challenge for you, so you're gonna to have to get very creative as you seek to honor some people in your life. Because many of us don't have a lot of additional resources to work with. And I wanna say this to you, don't let that stop you from being creative with your, with your gift giving. Some of the most precious and memorable gifts that I've ever received at Christmas or on birthdays have been small, inexpensive, very thoughtful, uh, highly personalized gifts gifts that honored me in a way that I remembered long after the excitement of the gift wears off. They're gifts I knew came from a big heart and not necessarily a big wallet. I don't ever feel bad about giving an inexpensive, but highly communicative, loving, creative gift that tells a person you care about them. And don't break uh, biblical laws of stewardship. And spend more than you should. Now, people who have more resources, admittedly, they have a little more flexibility when it comes to buying gifts for family and friends. Uh, But you know, the writers of scripture speak to affluent people as well. They say to whom much is given, much is required. The writers of scripture say that the standards for stewardship go up as our income goes up. I want to take a minute to say something to the wealthy who are watching. Uh, You know who you are. Uh, Resist the temptation to load up family and friends with expensive gifts just because you can afford to buy them. Truth be told, a lot of wealthy people stoke their own egos by lavishing extravagant gifts on children and spouses and extended family and friends who quite often already have more stuff than they need. This creates additional expectation for next year and a sense of entitlement. And pretty soon we're all just drowning in material gifts. And that's not good for the soul of anyone receiving those gifts. And it's not good for the soul of the giver either. And it's not very close to the spirit of Christmas. Let me say something else to those of you who have a little extra income this Christmas. Uh, There are so many things you can do if you are carrying A little extra cash this year Uh, when we started the christmas toy drive this year uh, there were 250 families in our immediate community who were not going to be able to buy christmas gifts for their kids Uh, maybe single parent families families who are unemployed this year uh, just with no money well we sponsored all of those families and we had to actually find more to sponsor and you ended up sponsoring over 300 families in our community this year And I would say that's real close to the heart of Christmas. A friend of mine who owns his own business uh, came up to me last week. He said, Matt, we're getting toward the year end. Our company has had a pretty good year. Uh, We want to bless people in need in our community, but we'd like to do it through Blue Oaks. And then he handed me a check for $34,000. That was pretty cool. Um, that he wants the church to get the credit for helping people in need in our community. Another friend sent me an email and said he wanted to donate $20,000 because they've had such a great year and he wanted to bless the community through Blue Oaks. Uh, Now, this isn't normal. I don't normally have people handing me checks for thousands of dollars. Uh, Most of you give regularly to Blue Oaks, you tithe, um, and I don't know what you give and I actually prefer it to be that way. Uh, but I think with these two individuals, the motivation of their heart was to bless others out of the richness that God has blessed them with. And when those are the motivations of your heart, you're really starting to get Christmas right. I mean, that's as close to the heart of Christmas as you can get. All right, so we've talked about doing a little planning for your gift giving. We've talked about Uh, personalizing your gifts, making sure that they fit the person right. We've talked about getting the price right. And finally, I want to close by giving you one last piece of counsel regarding Christmas gifts. Pay attention to the presentation, like the Magi did. Before they gave their gift, they got down on bended knee. Uh, The writer of scripture says, they bowed down and worshiped him first, and then they gave their gifts. I got a picture in my mind this week of something I think quite beautiful. Uh, It's funny how often this picture actually came back into my mind this week. Uh, It was a picture of the gift exchanges going on in all of the families represented by our church. Uh, And I thought, wouldn't it be something if we would all follow the Magi, I mean, wouldn't it be something if before we start the mad exchange and the tearing off of wrappers and the yelling and screaming, which, as you know, is a fun part of Christmas, especially when you have kids around, Uh, there is time for that. But before we do that, wouldn't it be something if we would pay a little attention to presentation and provide a little context to better understand what this whole gift giving thing is all about, really? Wouldn't it be something if we all started a new tradition in our families where we say, before we give our gifts to one another, we're just going to spend a moment honoring the ultimate gift giver, God himself. We're going to just take a few moments and remind ourselves who it was that started this whole tradition of gift giving to the ones we love. And if you just stop right there and take out a Bible Mom mom or dad, you know, take out a Bible and say, we're going to spend just a couple minutes and we're going to read the Christmas story from Luke 2. And then after you read the Christmas story, maybe say a quick word of prayer for the gift of Jesus Christ. If you put your family gift exchange tradition in the greater context of what Christmas really represents, it'll enrich your whole gift giving tradition. I mean, if you have the courage to remind whoever is sitting in your family room that 2,000 years ago, God put on a gift-giving clinic. I mean, he saw the human beings who were losing their way and kind of stuck in sin. They were self-destructing and you know, taking other people down with them. And so God did a little planning, as all good gift-givers do. Uh, But God's plan, when it got passed around in heaven, took heaven's breath away because his plan involved a sacrifice of that which was most dear to him. His plan involved rescuing each and every human being from eternal ruin. His plan was personalized and his plan was unbelievably pricey. I mean, talk about an expensive plan, an expensive gift. I mean, there's a passage of scripture that I love in 1 Peter 1 The writer says, you were not redeemed by mere silver or gold, uh, the precious commodities in our world, but you were redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, God's only son. I mean, think about that. Think about the pricey gift that you received. Do you understand now why the heavens exploded with music from the angels the night Christ was born? Do you understand why the angels were singing glory to God in the highest? Because they knew no one in history ever gave a gift like this before. And they knew no one would ever again. This was the ultimate gift to meet the ultimate need. You see, if you're gonna get this Christmas right, Before you exchange your uh, material gifts with friends and family, just stop and acknowledge the ultimate gift giver, the ultimate redemptive gift in the person of Jesus Christ. Maybe say a prayer of gratefulness. Just put it all into perspective. And hopefully as you establish that tradition, that tradition will go from one generation to the next and to the next, And in your family line, increasingly, people throughout generations will get Christmas right. And it can start with you. I mean, you can set the pattern. All right, now to seal this message and to kind of seal this series, uh, the band is gonna lead us in a song about our Christmas king. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. We hope you found something in this week's message to take away and apply to your life this week. Uh, If you live in the Bay Area, we would love to have you join us for one of our weekend services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 8.45, 10, and 11.15. For directions or information about what we have for you or your family, your students, you can go to blueoaks.church or download the app today. Uh, And We hope to see you on Sunday soon.